Hello, friends. Welcome to a tale not for the faint of heart. The year is 1890. The place, Boston. A dark and sinister force has seeped into our world, corrupting and conquering all it touches. Now, four adventurers have banded together. Can they keep the darkness from holding total dominion over all. Find out as our heroes face the Red Death. All right, let's go around the table and, and meet our group for this this uh, this campaign we're going to do of Red Death. We will start with Tim. Tim, the person who everybody probably knows the most already. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, uh, I'm Tim Devine uh, of Dice Up Games, um, and uh, you can find me at uh, GM Tim D or Dice at Dice Up Games uh, on Twitter or on Facebook. And uh, our website is www.diceupgames.com. All right. Also joining us, we have Cleo. Cleo, welcome to the show and to this campaign. So, um, why don't you just go ahead and tell us just a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so uh, I'm having a blast being here. I am a game designer and a writer, and those two things blend together a lot. And I love gothic literature and romance, so this is like the perfect sweet spot for me. All right, next up we got Morgan. Morgan, also welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, my name's Morgan Nuncio. Um, I'm getting into game design, I, I suppose. And... Um, I'm just a avid fan of Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop games in general, so I'm excited to be here. Thank you. All right, and our DM for this campaign is is Doug Lewandowski. Doug, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me back. I've been having a blast jam in this game, and I'm looking forward to doing this for as long as y'all will keep playing. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully for a good long time. Fingers crossed. So for those of you who aren't familiar with Red Death, it's a... Uh, a module based on uh, a combination of the Ravenloft setting and real historical uh, world that was released for second edition back when that was still a thing. Um, and back when I was in high school, we played a couple games of it and I just thought it was so cool. And it was actually one of the, the best role-playing experiences of my life. One of the first times I felt like I got oh, this isn't just about hack and slash. This is about um, investigation and, and being clever and not just kicking down doors and stuff. Um, and so a couple years ago, uh, I started running a game for some, some of my friends at home and switched it over to 5th edition, which I think is a much smoother system than 2nd. Um, and so that's what we're going to be running today. So it all for people familiar with Fifth Ed, there'll be a lot of stuff you're familiar with from that. For people familiar with Red Death from Second Edition, there'll be uh, a lot of setting stuff from there. Um, but uh, I've definitely taken some liberties with the adventures we're running here. Uh, the original had three adventures, and depending on how long we play, we might get to to all of those. But um, for anybody who's read those. Um, don't worry, there are going to be some things that are narratively and thematically different from what happened in, uh, in the original Red Death games that uh, back then TSR put out. All right. I'm, I'm very excited. <laughs> the, the, just 
I know I've said that a bunch already, but I am not, I like the character that I have created. Um, I guess, do you want to go around and do we want to do character introductions or anything or? Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll kick off by saying that um, I forgot to mention this part of the red death setting is that it's set in the Victorian era. So currently the year is 1890 uh, and the action is going to take place in Boston, Massachusetts. Does anybody want to want to go first, introduce their character? I, uh, my, this is Tim and uh, I will be playing uh, Sawyer, uh, the gunslinger who has a uh, tragic background and, uh, my personality traits, uh, swagger, uh, uh, my ideals, uh, redemption. I've done things that I'm not proud of, uh, that I will atone for. Uh, I have a bond that I prefer not to talk about just yet, but I have a bond that's a, a memory of a person, uh, that was close to me. And, um, I may have a bit of an angry side uh, where I may see red. So my flaw, I just put red uh, when my demons come out and I see red. I go into a stone cold, emotionless uh, state. And uh, other than that, uh, I, I am a gunfighter who who uh, masks himself basically as a uh, now now as a uh, sort of a gentleman gambler uh, in Boston, so that nobody knows my real identity from where I was back back west. Is, is that good? That's good. Yeah. Mean, meaning enough. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 perfect. Cleo, how about you go next? Yeah. So uh, Cleo here. I'm playing Agnes Han, a metaphysician who recently received uh, her bachelor's degree in history from Boston University. Uh, very progressive at the time. Uh, so if you have an interest in the occult, you may have seen me in the audience uh, of a mediums show right before I probably debunked them and exposed them as a fraud to the entire audience. Um, <laughs> but yeah, first generation Korean American, uh, half Korean, half uh, from a very kind of well-known Boston family. Uh, and yeah, very into debunking people and uh, making everything as rational and logical as possible. And also uh, I have a terrible rivalry with my older brother, William, who is a successful surgeon, just like our father. Uh, but he sucks, and I'm the good sibling, so there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Morgan, you want to go next? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I'm playing Ignacia Del Rio. Uh, she is a, a mystic physician, or a corandera, from South Texas, uh, the Southwest area. Uh, right after uh, Texas got sold to the U.S., so she still lives in the Puebla's and all that. Um, she grew up following her abuelita's footsteps, uh, being a uh, the, heal, the the town's healer. And once her abuelita died, she was given a mission to come to uh, Boston, and here she is, um, helping now at a uh, with Cleo's dad at, <laughs> at working as his assistant. And learning how to live in Boston after being, you know, growing up her whole life in, you know, the Pueblas of North Mexico, South Texas. All right. And I am playing James Wilcox. Uh, he's a mid-30s bricklayer in Boston, uh, just a laborer by day out uh, just working, making it, you know, making as much money as he can. He doesn't really get up to much else. He goes out on occasion to, for drinks with 
with the rest of the laborers that he works with, um, just to have something to do. Um, he's really, he's kind of real tough, but he's, he's not especially violent. He will defend himself if he needs to, but he's never out to, to hurt anybody, hurt somebody. And if he is defending himself, he will definitely, he's more, uh, he's not trying to kill anybody. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll render just somebody to where they, they're not attacking him anymore, but he's just kind of an everyday, everyday man, just working and making money. Cool. And, uh, I'll be GMing. And so just a few things about characters and, uh, all that sort of stuff in here. Um, I haven't concerned myself too, too, too much with anachronisms or stuff. Um, and uh, also, just in the interest of making this a more friendly game, um, the society will be a bit more progressive than 1890s uh, Boston would have actually been. Um, so some discrepancies there for history buffs, but we're doing that in order to make sure everybody is comfortable and has fun playing the game, which is, of course, the most important part. Indeed. All right. Are we ready to jump in? I believe so. I am. Okay. One question. One yeah. question. I, okay. So there were some things about, and I bet you everybody has them about their character's backstory that are like hidden from the rest. Like we did it with the GM separately. Mm -hmm. So I specifically didn't say any of that stuff in my intro. That was correct, right? That's fine. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I, just, I wanted to make sure. Yeah. So uh, for the people listening at home uh, for the past month or so we've been emailing back and forth talking about some background stuff um and some characters have some stuff that everybody else sort of meta knows about them um and then some other stuff that characters don't know about each other and players don't know about the other characters either um so so that will hopefully come out over the course of these games um and so if it seems like something was really well-planned, uh, that might be because it was really well-planned. Or it might just be luck. We'll find out. So. <laughs> All right. Everybody ready? Yep. Let's do it. Okay, cool. So one of the things that we set up prior to all of this is uh, where everybody's going to be meeting up, which is in a bar in uh, a less reputable part of Boston. Um, and so... Everyone has come there. Uh, characters, if you want to give a little bit of background about what your night has looked like leading up to this and um, what you're doing now that you're, you're at this kind of seedy bar in, in Boston, just north of the commons. Yeah, so, um, so James is there. This is, this is a bar that he, whenever he goes out with the, with the guys from, from work, this is where they go. Um, they're just there relaxing like they do. They're getting some drinks, just chatting. Uh, there's been, let's see, there's there's been just, it's a bit kind of a tough day. So they're all just going and relaxing, having some drinks. So that's where he is. He's there with his with his best friend, Terry, who who, who he he likes the most out of everybody. Terry's a real good guy. Uh, so he hangs out with Terry quite a bit. Cool. Uh Ignacia and Agnes, what about you two? You two are there together. What uh, what brought you here? What are you What are you up to? Oh, go ahead, Cleo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, also, if I know Ignacia, not. Oh, sorry, Ignacia. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. So Ignacia and Agnes, you know, as anyone would on a lovely Boston evening, have just come from a crime scene. <laughs> um, 
where you know there's there's been some weird stuff going on and we we thought it'd be a good idea or i thought it would be a good idea to go check it out have a little uh look to see whether there's anything that we could see for ourselves but it you know didn't really turn up a whole lot there was some crowd chaos so uh agnes isn't really much of a people person when it comes to crowds but ignacia has kind of convinced her to stop in for a drink you know maybe uh have a normal evening here and maybe meet some people i guess we just graduated of course we want to go celebrate at least a little bit yeah celebrate this lovely establishment (laughs) so so tell us a little bit more about this uh crime scene that you went to see because i'm sure that won't be important later um (laughs) <laughs> what's what's going on there what what's the buzz about uh and why are the two of you going there specifically uh so it's kind of similar to the jack the ripper murders uh that took place only a few months ago in london uh and i believe recently the most recent murder that happened on the day of my graduation which was very rude uh <laughs> was that two people, it was a working man and a prostitute, uh, had been murdered in like a very brutal way, very similar to Jack the Ripper's MO. Um, and so everyone in town is talking about it. All of my classmates are talking about it. And of course, incidents like this attract people like con artists, uh, spirit mediums who want to exploit the excitement and anxiety of just regular folks who are interested in these things. And uh, naturally I'm drawn to those situations to kind of calm it down and disprove people who are doing nasty things to exploit just normal folks. Uh, And I think I kind of just dragged Ignacia along with me. (laughs) I mean, I wasn't going to let you go there by yourself, so... Yeah, and this murder has kind of been the the talk of, of the group of guys that I'm here with. Everybody's heard, by now. Everybody's heard about it, and kind of everybody says it's it's kind of resembles the the Ripper murders in London. So it's it's kind of been the the through line of conversation for the evening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there there has been a lot of buzz. Um, one of the things about the the Ripper murders that has everybody on edge um, is that they were of course never solved. Um, they just suddenly stopped one day. Um, and there were a few suspects, but but none of those quite panned out. Um, and uh, so whoever did it is presumably still at large. Um, and so there's some concern that he may have uh, crossed the pond, as it were, and come over here. Scandalous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Sawyer, what are you up to in the bar? Well, Sawyer just came uh, into town today on the train. Uh, I believe it was the train, correct? Mm-hmm. Or was it wagon? Yeah. Um, from San Francisco. And it was a long ride. He felt a bit disheveled, but he uh, he's here for business. And when he found out that his business was going to last a little bit longer than he had planned, uh, he had some time to kill. And he needed, a, uh, he needed two things. He needed a drink, whiskey, and he needed a cigarette. And so he went looking for both. Uh, he, he tries to... He dresses and, and sort of carries himself a little bit, a little bit finer than his roots would uh, 
would sort of have have led him. Uh, but he he uh, finds a little bit of comfort whenever he's in the seedier parts of areas because that's where he would have been raised. Um, and so when he finds this bar, his thought is, I can achieve both of my goals, <laughs> and uh, I could also get out of the streets because I hear tell of some some dangerous things going on. I don't want to get involved in anything where I have to draw my pistols. So I move into the bar, move past all these these uh, boisterous workers and laborers uh, uh, talking about the, the sorts. But I did end up finding a person named Terry who was kind enough to fill me in on what was going on uh, while while uh, conning him out of a couple of cigarettes. And, uh, and, and he also, he bought me, he was kind enough to buy me a drink, which was really nice and not my idea at all um and uh so i got the drink got the cigarette and uh as soon as i had my what i wanted i i got away from him in a in a very polite but uh intentional way and got to my own table uh and that's where i was sitting when i i I think i look up and see uh see what's been going on Mm -hmm. i think at that point i is that when i see uh ignacia yes okay we, we, I'll, I'll pause for a moment, and, and that's where that's where Sawyer is. Yeah. Okay. So that's everybody set up, and that's actually I think a good place to uh, to pick up because Sawyer, you've just noticed uh, Ignacia walk in, and um, I'll let I'll let you take it from there. What's uh, what's the plan there? You see her, and she sees you. Well, my my hat is on my my black. Uh, I have a black cowboy hat. And uh, it's been tilted down a little bit just so that I don't make eye contact with anybody in a way that would draw them to think that, that I want to have a conversation with them. I'd like to be left alone. Uh, however, when I see Ignacia, and at first I don't know, at first it's just anybody else except you know, dressed nicely. But as soon as I realize the face and the eyes, that's when I remember. Mm-hmm. And so I, I tilt my hat just a little up so the light hits my eyes she can see who i am and then as the smoke from the cigarette clears i i gesture a, just a little a little nod of the hat a, a knowing kind of howdy kind of from afar okay and ignacia what are you going to do in response um it's like seeing a ghost almost she fills these eyes upon her and she looks over and she sees him and she pauses for a moment like you know, her eyes get a little white as she recognizes who he is. And then she places a gentle arm on Agnes's shoulder. She's like, let's get a drink and walk over there. All right, if you're sure. I'm sure. Are you all right? You seem a little, um, a little tense. Um, you know, when this says the past comes to haunt you. Um, sure. I'll explain later. And so they both go to the bar and, um, I guess, try to flag down the bartender to get some sort of drink. <laughs> sure. Um, it's busy, um, so it'll it'll take just a moment, but uh, you'll definitely be able to do that. Uh, so, James, what are what are you doing while you're at the bar? Well, after Terry's finished up talking uh, with the, with this stranger and, and buying him a drink and loaning him some cigarettes, uh, Terry and I have moved over to the corner, taken up a game of darts. Um, you know, just something we do on occasion. We we use the very very tattered dartboard to kind of pass the time. Uh, you know, just something other than sitting there as we're drinking. Mm-hmm. So we're playing a friendly game of darts. Cool. So tell us a little bit about Terry. Uh, what do you? 
why is it that you're such good friends with him? Uh, Terry is married. Um, he's one. He's one of the few. A lot of the. A lot of the men are. Uh, they are. They are single. They. You know. They don't. They haven't. They don't have families or anything. But Terry's one of the few that that got married. Um, he seems to be happily married. Um, uh, and you know, I just kind of took to him because they. You know, he invited me over for dinner with his family one night, and I went, and they all were very welcoming and talked to me and. Uh, we just kind of made, you know, made a good connection, me and his family. So I've kind of, kind of just become good friends with Terry over the over the few years. Um, and what's a little bit off about him tonight? Uh, he's been, you know, he, him and his wife, him and Terry, him, Terry and his wife, they argue like a lot of married couples do. But tonight, he's, it seems to be a, maybe a bigger argument they've had. And he's really... You know, it's it's strange because this isn't normal Terry behavior, but he's really he's really talking up one of the working girls uh, that that's at the bar. That's usually not something he does. He's he's usually pretty pretty faithful to his wife. So that he's he, you know he's the fact that he's really chatting up the, this woman. Uh, it definitely has me a little concerned and, and a little worried about what what's going on with him tonight. Okay, so. Uh- Agnes and Ignacia, as the bartender comes over, uh, he gives you sort of a, a curious look because you're both a little more dressed up than most people in this place. Uh, and you definitely smell a lot better than most people in this place. Um, and uh, so he asks if you're lost. Um, no. Uh, we were drawn. Have you seen what's been going on around the corner here? I'm sure you've been getting various people coming by because of it. Oh, all that stuff. Yeah, um, some of the girls are pretty upset about it, but they're, uh, it's probably just a coincidence. I don't, I don't really put much stock in any of that stuff. Um, but what can I get for you? What does normally drink here? Um, well, the water's no good, so I wouldn't recommend that. Um, some folks drink whiskey. Some folks drink rye. Um, we have some beer, if you'd like that. Uh, Ignacia, I, I, I will go off of your recommendation. Do you have any wine? Um, he just thinks that's one of the funniest things he's heard in a while. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, you know, slaps slaps the bar and says, <laughs> "I like you," <laughs> uh, and then realizes you're serious. Um, no, no, no. Okay, um, I guess two whiskeys, please. Okay, so he grabs some glasses that are more or less clean from under the counter, um, and a bottle that's mostly empty and. Uh, fills up the two glasses and uh, tells you how much it'll be. She digs in her wallet and she's like, congratulations, Dr. Han, and she lays it on the table. Not quite doctor yet, but... <laughs> you graduated. You graduated. You're a doctor. Well, my dad's a doctor. My brother, unfortunately, is a doctor and he will not let anybody forget that. Uh, I know. If I had wanted to be a doctor, I could be a doctor. I'll have you know that for sure. Do you think these glasses are clean? They look a little, um, 
a little smudged might be the polite way to put it. Maybe the alcohol will kill whatever's in it, hopefully. As you are the one who's practicing medicine, I will trust that judgment. <laughs> I mean, I come from a place where, you know, a little dirt does not hurt. If the saying goes right. The bartender says he's a little busy tonight and uh, taps the counter again about the payment. She hear you, lady, on the counter. Oh, okay. Um, with, with, with a little bit of a tip. Okay. Well, he appreciates that, and he uh, apologizes that he missed it before. But uh, he uh, he heads on down the line to, to serve some other thirsty folks. Uh, cheers to your graduation. Thank you. I hope that this kind of serves as a reminder to my brother that uh, he's not the only one who can earn things around here. Exactly. Um, I noticed, but that man is not very good at darts. <laughs> I mean, do you, do you want to show him how to do it better? Mm, I don't know. I'm actually kind of concerned that if we walk uh, towards him, that we might actually be struck by one of these darts. <laughs> well, let's walk around then, and um, I need you to introduce you to someone. You know somebody here? The man who's staring at me? Okay, well, I would, uh, are you sure this is, this is safe? He looks a little, uh, not to be rude, but a little bit sketchy. He's actually one of the safer ones that I've met before. And she starts, she gently grabs uh, Agnes from under the arm and just like sort of like starts weaving in through the crowd <laughs> in that direction. Okay. So Sawyer, as they're coming towards you, what's your uh Well since since Sawyer sat in this position, I mean he he's got a um you, you wouldn't know it just to watch him, but he's sitting in a very strategic position. It's a position where his back is to a a, a wall, he can get to at least one exit, and he has been up until Ignacia walked in, uh he has been uh very carefully uh, uh, checking each person, scanning the room to figure out who might be the biggest threat, what might be what might be their their weapon and uh, and intention, if if any, you know. Okay. So like so, to keep that that, uh, that lay of the land, but now now I'm focused on uh, Ignacia. Okay, so give me a. Uh, I guess that would be an either perception or insight check, whichever. Um, Whichever you're better with, to to get the lay of the land and see, okay, who seems dangerous there and who doesn't. Got it. Okay, my passive perception is a fifteen, but my where is it? Perception. Okay, this one. Yeah, so it would be your uh, not your passive since you're actively with, looking at the crowd. Right. With with my bonus a seventeen. Great. Okay. Um. So you get a real good lay of the land. Um. Nobody in there seems dangerous. Um, the bartender, uh, you've been in enough bars to know that there are probably a couple weapons stashed somewhere within easy reach in case things go badly. But um, the bartender doesn't have the look of somebody who's done more than sort of brandish a gun as a deterrent. The, the toughest person in the bar is one of the guys shooting darts. Uh, but he also carries himself... Uh, very gently, definitely not a killer, um, and just seems like the kind of guy who could hurt 
if he has to, but but doesn't want to. Um, the the thing that sort of has your your eyebrows raised are uh, the two overdressed women in here. But uh, since you already know Ignacia, um, and she's coming towards you, that's almost a relief to you because uh, if anybody starts anything with them, at least you'll be a little bit closer. Yep. Yep. But on the whole, this is a, a real friendly crowd. Okay. okay. Well, that's a nice change of pace. Um, <laughs> all right. So I, I guess as, as the, uh, the ladies approach uh, Sawyer, who has his feet uh, crossed and up on the chair next to him, without sort of moving, he's leaning back in his chair, like leaning, you know, full body back, legs up. He moves his legs from the chair and then with one foot slides the ch- one chair out to the left and with another foot slides a chair forward towards them. Uh, I'm assuming these are small tables or, or, or Sawyer has really long legs. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in, in a sort of an inviting way, but not in an inviting way where he's going to go out of his way to wrinkle his outfit, his, his very fine uh, jacket and vest. Sure. Also, his guns, uh, he does have two pistols, but they are usually hidden behind his jacket unless he opens his arms a little bit wider and then you'll see them. Okay. So you two approach, or is anything happening prior to that? I'm letting Ignacia take the uh, closer seat to you. She uh, sits down just like slowly, eyes locked on yours, uh, Sawyer, and she's quiet for a moment as she's studying your face. It's been about four years since they've seen each other, so she's just seeing things changed, really. Okay. Um, so, why don't you give me uh, an insight check, Ignacia? Okay, insight. Look, in here. Uh, where are you on the sheet? Okay. That is a 19. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so... Sawyer, she reads you real good. What does she notice about what's changed in the past four years? Oh, um, well, I mean, she would definitely know that the, so the demons, the demons that he had, and I, I'm not talking literal demons. I have to specify that since this is a D&D game. <laughs> <laughs> the, the inner demons, demons yet. Not yet. <laughs> the inner demons that she would have seen when she met him originally seem to be not present on his face. Um, he he seems a, a changed person who has probably seen quite a quite a lot of grief from things that would not have been caused by uh, by his previous life. So the things that she sees are, are different, of course, it's gonna be different, but it's uh, he still carries sort of a sadness and, a, and a, some sort of tragedy in his face, but he, she, she would notice that, not just because she rolled a 19, but because she, <laughs> uh, because she knows that, that uh, what he was and how he carries himself now are, are very, very different. And he is putting on sort of the front of, of being this polished uh, gentleman uh, versus, you know, what she knew. There's also definitely some sort of sadness. And then also she would notice probably that a ring on his pinky finger that he's been almost nervously tapping on the handle of one of the pistols that she can't fully see yet, but it's inside of his jacket. Or, or under, not inside, but under his jacket. 
but she's she probably notices the the nervous pinky touch. Uh, okay. Uh, trembling. Great. He he he'd also uh, uh, say something as soon as they sat down. Uh, some some uh, uh, why Ignacia? While I live and breathe, because of you, actually. If my memory serves. I said. <laughs> Finn, I'm surprised you're still up. I'm so excited to see you. It's been ages. That it has been. It has been ages, but Soya. I'm going by Soya. Uh, oh, my my Christian okay. name. Yeah. Uh, don't want to be. Uh, don't want to be confusing anyone with anyone someone might see on a poster with. Uh, with dollar signs on it. Oh, that's right. Uh, How are you? Anyhow, I, I, I'm well. Uh, this is Agnes. Agnes, this is Sawyer. Pleased to meet um, you. He, he, he tilts, his, tilts his hat a little bit. Charmed. But I'm, I'm good. It's uh, I'm here. <laughs> I've been in Boston for about... It's been it's been it's been a bit here, but it's definitely been adjusting. How how long have you been here? I arrived this morning. I don't oh. I didn't plan to stay very long, but uh, my my business is has a uh, has extended beyond the the scheduled time. So uh, I'm not sure exactly how long I'm going to be here. My first time to Boston seems murdery. We've definitely caught it on one of its more murdery days. This place seems jovial enough. Shall we move to another table that might be safer? These darts are flying by our heads. Oh, I didn't realize they were so close. <laughs> um. we, we, we aren't. <laughs> I mean, I was teasing Agnes here to have her go teach him how to probably throw darts better, but... She didn't want to. <laughs> I value my life too much. <laughs> well, I, I would gladly stake you in in a game against those gentlemen. <laughs> the one on the left's name is Terry. So, as it so happens, uh, at the moment, um, as you sort of look over, you see the the two of them starting to get into uh, a little bit of a heated exchange there. Um, so. James, Terry has just uh, informed you that after looking a few times and making some meaningful eye contact with a, a woman at the bar, that um, he'll be back in just a little bit. Well, now, Terry, uh, I've I, I noticed the way that you've been uh, chatting up with that lady and looking at her now. I, I'm hoping you don't you don't have anything in, in, in mind that's going to jeopardize, jeopardize your marriage, do you? He says uh, he doesn't expect it to jeopardize anything as long as everybody's cool about it. Well, uh, I'm going to reckon that you that that your wife uh, not going to be cool about it at all. Um, So uh, and and I don't know that I'd I'd be be comfortable holding that kind of secret from from her if I'm going to be having Sunday dinner at the same table. (sighs) He. uh... He sort of rolls his eyes and um, says that it's 
it's a little more complicated than all of that. And uh, if it makes you feel any better, it's just an old friend that he needs to go talk to. Well, I guess if it's if it's just talking, I, I guess that's okay. That, that's fine enough. Uh, just Terry, I mean, you know, I don't. I, I feel like I I shouldn't even have to say this, but I wouldn't I wouldn't let it go past talking. Uh, you got a good you got a good situation at home. I've been there. I've ate I've ate many many Sunday dinners with you, and I'd hate to see you mess something like that up. He says, uh, "Sure, yeah, sure, yeah. It'll just be uh, just chat for a little bit." Um, maybe go outside where we can hear each other better. We'll just catch up with an old friend. All right. Well, I look at I look at Terry. Kind of look him over one more time. Just see see if I can see any intentions, you know, in his eyes. And then you know, I'll just kind of kind of squeeze his shoulder and and, and let him go. Sure. Uh, so if you're trying to read him, give me a uh, give me an insight check on him. All right. <laughs> That's a one. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> have fun with your sister. Terry, Terry, Terry is a saint. Uh, uh-huh. I should have never questioned his intentions. You feel, right, you feel bad for even even doubting him for a moment. Yeah. And uh, so as he goes off, um, you notice that this is a friend uh, with whom he's quite awkward at first, but then uh, really uh, surprisingly affectionate. But. <laughs> Just, just a good friend, and that's how that goes. Well, I'll toss one more dart at the wall uh, and, <laughs> and, and find it, find an empty seat. <laughs> Maybe order up another another drink, another okay. whiskey, and have a seat. Okay. Well, the dartboard's open. If anybody wants to go over to it, or uh, or if you want to continue your conversation, that would be fine too. Ignatius. Ignatius. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Oh my god, I don't know what to do. Agnes, you wanna go now? Only if you'll accompany me. Okay. I will admit, I never played darts before, so I don't know how this works. Well, we can, uh... I think really the, the purpose is just you throw the darts and you actually try to hit the board, unlike the gentleman before us. So, as long as you can uh, aim for that, then I think we'll be good. Okay, well, give it a shot. Make sure there's a clear room. What does one roll to uh, throw a dart? Uh, that would be Dex. Okay. Better, better than Jim was ever rolling. <laughs> so I, I guess I'll I'll go first. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think got a nine. Okay. Um, what's your modifier? Uh, wh- that was with the modifier. Oh, with the modifier. Okay, so uh, it pretty much hits the board um it's uh it's just outside the outer ring but uh it's on the board so you feel a lot better than uh that distracted guy who's about to go cheat on his wife and his uh his very trusting friend well that's what i get for making fun of somebody (laughs) (laughs) okay um i guess i'll give it a go uh that's a 17 Okay, so you hit uh, you hit real nicely on the board, and uh, with a sort of resounding whip, it goes in, and uh, yeah, you are much better at darts than those guys. <laughs> One of whom is now uh, walking out of the bar um, with a woman. Uh, while while they're playing darts, can can Sawyer 
so Sawyer, let's just, can we say that one of the darts that went astray uh, had clattered at one point near his table? Sure. So he, he stands up, straightens his jacket, leans down just just as uh, you know just a little to pick up the the thing and, and puts it on his uh, inside his inner pocket. His inner is like where his billfold would be on it on the inside of his jacket, uh, very like um, slyly as he as he walks towards the bar because his uh, whiskey glass is empty. Okay. And he he's he's gonna sidle up against uh, against the gentleman whose friend lent him the cigarettes and whose friend is leaving the bar um, with the with the um, with the woman mm-hmm. um, and I signal to the bartender for, for a refill and I slide the glass a little bit towards him okay and and uh, kind of without without making eye contact I'd like to say to James uh, your friend Terry's a nice guy well uh James is a little, a little taken aback by, by someone sitting at his table and ordering a drink, uh, but he gets over that. You know, bars are, are good for that. People meeting up and just chatting with each other. Uh, he says, "Yeah, yeah, he 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 is a good man. Uh, he's got a good family. He provides well for him. Uh, you know, a little. I mean, he's just he's just you know he's just definitely on his mind. What's going on with Terry? He's like, I'm sure he's just out there chatting with a old friend. You know." He's, you know, even though even though Sawyer didn't bring that up at all, that's, that's <laughs> for, forefront in his mind, like the biggest, biggest concern right now. So. Well, well, still, still not not making eye contact or very like a direct conversation with a person, just sort of like speaking, <laughs> speaking to the to the to the area that they're standing in. He says, uh, "So, from what I gather from your friend's uh, explanation of this dark situation going on, it was a a gentleman." And a lady murdered at night. A gentleman who might have been paying for the services of, of that of that woman. Uh, those were the victims that your friend Terry told me about. Well, James takes a moment to think this over, roll it around in his mind a bit. Uh, kind of rolls the the drink around in his hand at the same time, and it kind of settle all settles in, uh, and he. He stands up. He says, um, "You know, I think I think I need to go. I need to go check on Terry because that is ex- exactly what ha- the the exactly the situation from last night." The darkness always calls the good people. Go f- go help your friend. Yeah, he, he takes takes a, takes a drink and sets it down, and you know, starts heading for the door. Okay. And James is big. I don't know if I mentioned, but he he's he's about six four. You know, real real about two hundred. Let's see, about about two hundred thirty pounds. So he he's a pretty big guy. He carries himself, and so he's strolling across across the bar, going around people. Uh, just I mean, just the size of him. People kind of move out of his way a little bit, so he doesn't have to push too much. But he's making his way out. All right. So as you reach the door, um, you push it open. Uh, and as if on cue, you hear a, from the alley next to the bar, you hear a shriek of horror and just abject pain that is almost immediately silenced. Oh, yeah. It's, it's uh, James takes off running that way. Okay. Um, just, I mean, he his 
right now he's just imagining that that his friend Terry uh, is in trouble. So he is definitely heading as fast as he can to, towards that direction. Okay. Um, and so it's loud enough that the rest of you in the bar hear it as well. Um, so he's taken off after it. What's uh, what's everybody else's plan? I, I hear screams of pain and I'm running after it too. I'm like... <laughs> okay. I run also, but I stay behind Ignacia. <laughs> <laughs> so with, with everybody running out the front and, and Sawyer definitely would have uh, done his even though it's passive he, he does like a, a casing the joint kind of thing every time he walks into a place mm-hmm. so walking a couple blocks and then getting here he would have known maybe where the alley might be behind this place would there be a back door and an alley that might be leading in the same direction they're going uh, yeah there would be um, you'd have to go behind the bar to get to it um, but in theory you could you could get there from there Having walked through, you know that uh, sort of coming in the front door, you would make a left and then another quick left, and you'd be down the alley uh, pretty quickly. So Sawyer's going to do that while while everybody is uh, focused on the front door and everybody clamoring towards the front. He is going to slyly sneak out the back and head down there briskly, but not running. Okay, uh, so this is going to involve getting behind the bar. Um, so that's going to be a stealth check. Uh, I'm going to say that's like a like a 16. That's a that's a pretty tough stealth check. I rolled a fifth. I rolled a 15, and I have a plus three to my dex. Well, that'll do. Um, the bartender is, is sort of snaps his head towards the door as the scream happens, and sees on that opportunity, uh, hop deftly over the bar and slip through the door. Um, and uh, the bartender turns just in time to see the door sort of uh, swinging, but doesn't think anything of it. Yeah, my, my, my thought, so, Sawyer's thought is that if, if something happened and somebody wanted to get away, they'd be using the alleys. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't necessarily want to get into a scuffle, but he'd like to know what's going on. So he's sort of in the shadows on the, like the, the side of the alley, walking briskly down to where the scream would have happened on the street side. Okay. So uh, James is first on the scene. He'll get a couple rounds of action before anything else happens. So James, as you turn the corner, um, you see in this uh, dim alleyway, Terry holding a knife in his uh, uh, in his right hand and standing over uh, this woman that he walked out with. And uh, you see his arm sort of move down mechanically to... Uh, to stab her again. Well, this catches James completely off guard. Uh, he, he expected to maybe see Terry being attacked because uh, this is the furthest thing from his mind of, of any kind of action that Terry would take. So he actually, James actually kind of pulls up short. Uh, just kind of skids to a stop almost mm-hmm. and takes it in for a moment and just says, Terry? There's absolutely no response. Uh, he doesn't turn around. He doesn't look at you. He doesn't stop. The arm comes up, goes down. Comes right. up, turns, goes down. 
Yeah, so so seeing so seeing that he's gonna he's gonna run over and and grab onto Terry's shoulders and and pull him back while you know just just yelling just you know Terry stop you know what are you doing stuff like that trying to sure. pull him away from this you know he's gonna try to grab the hand that has a knife. All right, sure. So just as you go to reach him, um, Terry, without turning, without looking, swings the knife back behind his back towards you. Uh, so give me a deck save. Uh, Difficulty 12. Okay. Well, that's a 7 plus 2. That's a 9. Okay. Uh, So you see the knife moving towards you, but it's just too late. Uh, It slices across your stomach, cutting you. You leap backwards in pain just out of range, and he returns to sort of mechanistically cutting at this woman. Um, He seems unbothered that he just swung a knife at his friend, and he seems unbothered at what he's doing in this alleyway. Uh, You're going to go ahead and take one damage. Okay. All right, so now at this point, uh, the rest of you appear on the scene. Uh, Ignacia and Agnes, you're at the end of the alleyway, and just as you see this knife sort of flash around behind this guy and cut this big man in the stomach, and uh, Sawyer, you come on the scene from the other angle um, and see this this woman laid out, uh, and you've seen enough death and destruction to know that this woman is is dead. Well, for for Sawyer, his his blood immediately starts starts pumping. Uh, his heart's heart's going, um, and uh, his this like kind of red pulsing in the in the periphery of his his eyes, his vision is sort of like this is this is not something he wanted to be involved in. Mm-hmm. And uh, not something anybody would probably want to be involved in, but uh, he specifically does not want to be in. He doesn't want to draw. And uh, he sees what's going on. He sees the guy. He sees that he just took a, a, a knife to, to his own friend. And something seems off. And it, this, this isn't this person at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any anything else that I can see in my general area? Like just just not not a, not a full search. Just like mm-hmm. anything that might catch my eye that might distract me from doing this or doing something. Sure. So what we're going to do instead of treating this like a combat is we're going to treat this as a skill challenge. Uh, is that something any of you have done before that you're familiar with? I've heard them done, so I'm familiar with the concept. Okay. Yeah. So the way this works is you're presented with a situation that. Um, if you want to solve without combat, um, you're going to apply the the proficiencies and expertises that you have in order to figure out what's going on and to take action to bring about the desired outcome. So uh, I have a set number of successes and failures. If you hit the successes before you hit the failures, um, you will have succeeded in what you're trying to do. And uh, if you hit the failures first, you will obviously fail in what you're trying to do. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So the, the target number on all of these is 12. Um, so the way this works is you can choose any of your skills that are applicable here um, and make a roll with your modifier. If it's above 12, you can describe how the success helps you work towards your goal. Uh, and if it's a failure, uh, you and I will collaboratively talk about what happens instead of that thing working. Um, so as long as there's a good and reasonable explanation here, 
you know, demolition, for example, is probably not going to be super useful right now. <laughs> um, but uh, most of the skills should be applicable. If it seems like, well, yeah, I would make the case how, you know, sleight of hand might help or medicine might help or investigation might help, feel free. Um, once you use a skill, you can't reuse it uh, until this challenge is over. Uh, and uh, we'll work our way through the order uh, starting. Uh, well, everybody give me a quick initiative roll. Total, total of 20. 14. Okay. I think mine is a 10. Okay. <laughs> I had a waste of a 20. I had a natural 20, <laughs> which isn't a credit or not an initiative, but I also have, uh, so that, that's a uh, 27 because of my alert feed. Great. So, <laughs> over so Sawyer. So, that works. Uh, so, Sawyer, you are going to be going first. Um, so, what would you like to do to uh, try to figure out what's going on? First off, what's your goal? Well, my my goal. So, Sawyer is not. Uh, he's not swayed by death. He, he, like the the death of a person is not what's causing him alarm right now. It's that he has to be drawn into a situation he's tried not to. He's trying to avoid. But the the fact that he knows you even stated that he knows the uh, the woman is dead. There's no there's no uh, saving her at this point. So my I, I'm not acting as rashly as I would have if it was like stop someone from killing somebody. Okay. Um, what I want to know is what's compelling this person, and I want to okay. see if because I see that James is near him, I've, I'm, I have a brief moment of worry that James is the next target if that happens. So I'm going to try to intimidate, or or using intimidation, sort of you know you draw the person to you, like hey, you want to fight, fight me, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, so I don't know if it would be insight first to try to see what's compelling this person and then late, like after my next round would be to try to compel him. I don't know. Up to you. I'll get his attention first. Okay. So you're so going to do... I don't know if it would... Insight first or intimidation? Uh, intimidation. I'm going to try... I'm, I'm going to be his next target. Whatever he's okay. doing, it's going to be to me as my goal. Okay, go ahead. So... I already wasted my 20, so I got a 15, and this is my best skill. So, um, 15 is 22. Okay, uh, I am sorry to say that intimidation is something that's going to automatically fail. Um, mm-hmm. As as he's going, he is paying. It, it's as though the rest of you aren't there. He only um, he only noticed James when he tried to stop him, um, and he. Uh, and then he went right back to it. And even though the woman is already dead, um, it's going to count as a failure, but I, I will give you this piece of information. You notice that um, he seems to be so focused on what he's doing that it seems like he must be doing uh, something very specific, that it isn't just killing her. There's more to it than that. Hmm. But the the whole outside world seems completely blocked out to him. Gotcha. All right, James, your turn. All right. So I see I see this gentleman who bought me a drink. Um, you used intimidation, right? To- yeah. So I sort of walked out there and, and yelled like, you know, hey Terry, like you know, 
you you want to you want to you want a real fight or something like that you know like <laughs> something that would normally go to a, a non demony possessed person <laughs> right and all of you are like damn that was real scary and that would have got my attention but <laughs> yeah I, I shake in my boots a little bit uh, at first uh, but no I um, after hearing that and after running up behind Terry somebody who knows he knows my voice and everything and he still you know swung at me. Um, I think that I would I would get across you know get in my mind that Terry's something's going on with Terry that he's kind of closed off to the outside world so you know trying to have any kind of rational discussion with him would, wouldn't work so mm-hmm. I'm thinking of trying to get that that knife again um, just trying to think I I was thinking maybe I don't know if I don't think that'd be sleight of hand um, unless maybe I could kind of pair it with sneaking up behind him and trying to grab it at the same time um yeah so you could do a a stealth check first okay um to get closer to him and if that's successful on your next you could do a uh do a sleight of hand i'm gonna give you advantage on this one since he's you've noticed that he's so focused okay so you're gonna roll 2d20 and take your higher okay here we go well that's a 20 on the first roll perfect um so you are you are right up close moving in and uh but you do it in such a way you arc around him to avoid being seen okay yeah i I, I sneak over uh kind of kind of sneak kind of get close to the wall try to blend in a little bit with with some of the trash or any of the bins that are out there so when i see a good opening i can i can lunge out and try to grab that knife great all right agnes you're up all right so I want to figure out whether, like, what exactly is his mental condition right now. Like, would saying something perhaps jog him out of this? Or, like, does he need, like, a cold bucket of water thrown over his head? So I want to do a psychology mm-hmm. check. Is psychology wisdom or intelligence? Uh, psychology is uh, wisdom. wisdom. Okay, cool. Um, that's a 16 altogether. Wonderful. So that is a success. You notice um, that... There seems um, there seems to be something almost mechanical about what he's doing. That this normally uh, your understanding of psychology um, is that you know people do things deliberately. People make specific choices. This seems like a sort of move from point A to point B, point B to point C, point C to point B, point B to point A, just back and forth and back and forth. Um, and there doesn't seem to be any intentionality there. Uh, it almost seems like uh, an externally controlled thing rather than an internally motivated thing. All right, Ignacia, you are up. Um, hmm. Um, I was going to tell Agnes to run to get the cops, but uh, (laughs) kind of beat me to everything. So one thing you can do is you can use your skills to apply to other things. So if you think the situation would be best served by getting somebody, uh, somebody else who's come out to run and go get the police, you certainly could do that. Yeah. Um... Uh, let's see here. Uh, can I do an... Oh, she already did psychology, so insight's not really gonna... So you can 
do the same skill that somebody else did. Um, you okay. just can't do the same skill that you did previously. Okay, that's fair. I'm just, yeah, I'm just going to get insight and seeing how how things are looking and all that. Okay. That is a 16. Great. Um, so, insight, you, uh, your abuelita talked to you before about um, possession as a very evil thing that you should never study, never pursue. Um, and you notice that um, this does seem to be a man possessed in some way. That um, as you look closer, as you start to notice that, you realize that the muscles in his arm actually seem to be working against what he's doing, but they're still moving in that in the wrong direction for the way he's flexing his muscles. Okay. All right, we are back to the top of the order, Sawyer. Uh, when, when anyone noticed the stuff that they uh, kind of uncovered, are they saying anything, or is everybody sort of kind of just taking this in? Can we talk as like a bonus action, or is that like a? <laughs> Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, how close are we? Like, because Sawyer, I know, is kind of like doing his own thing over there. Um, Would I have to like shout over the crowd all of my? Oh no! So you're so you're all in the alleyway. Um, it's Sawyer, Terry, and the victim, mm-hmm. uh, James, and then the two of you, and then the sort of crowd is gathering behind you. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, I feel that I at least relay my information of it's like he's not even there. It's something else that's compelling him. I just lean over and listen in the air. He's possessed. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> Such logic. <laughs> no, me had listen like I'll, I'll show you. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to see if... Um, what I'm thinking is true. Okay. Yeah. So Sawyer, you can hear. Been saying she's been like sort of whispering to Agnes. So. Um. Okay. So I guess I guess Sawyer, uh, still not not yet having drawn his his weapons, still walking forward out of the dark alley, uh, or or out of where he was in the dark alley. Um, he says to James, but while looking at uh, Terry. Um, he says, "If your if your friend doesn't stop, I'm gonna have to put him down." Yeah, James. James just this is sort of you. Sawyer. Sawyer's trying to get get kind of permission. I don't want bad blood between us if I have to yeah. shoot your friend. <laughs> well, James, being a little stealthy, kind of puts his hand up, you know, and like a just hold off on that, you know, until until absolutely necessary. Gotcha. In that case, what I would like to do is have Sawyer take in the surrounding area to see if anybody else is watching this differently than than we are. Mm. Okay, so that would be perception. Uh, Naturally, we're, we're rolling good this game. When we get into an actual fight, we're going to be screwed. <laughs> we saw our rolls. I rolled an eighteen, and then I have a plus one on my uh, perception. Okay. Oh wait. Oh so, wait. I'm I'm specialized in that. Wouldn't it be a plus one and then another plus two? Or not specialized. Sorry. A proficient. Uh yes. I did that wrong. Sorry. So it's a twenty-one. Yes. Okay. Um. So you, uh, you look out. You notice that 
Uh, James is obviously watching with great concern. You notice that uh, Ignacia and Agnes are seem more perceptive about this than everyone else. Um, there are everyone else down the at the end of the alleyway who's sort of like aghast and not approaching, uh, unlike the rest of you, are watching with sort of slack-jawed horror. Um, you do notice that there's one woman um, of a similar age, dressed similarly to the woman on the ground, um, who the bartender is uh, sort of restraining from rushing into the alleyway. But she's like, she seems like she's trying to get down the alleyway. Okay. In a concerned, terrified sort of way. Okay. In that case, uh, I'm just going to wait, and and on my next turn, I might have to draw, depending on what Terry does, or sorry, what James does. Okay. Well, All James. Right. Oh, sorry, Doug. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, yeah. Well, James has got himself over, kind of mixed, kind of mixed in with with a couple of trash bins and hunkered down a little bit, primed and ready to when that hand comes up to go down. He he wants to jump out and just either grab the knife or just knock it out of knock it out of the hand just get the knife away from terry okay go for it so i'm thinking that's probably more athletics i'm thinking that works because i'm jumping and swinging and Mm -hmm. all right and if i did this right i got a plus five in that who knows i wrote a 13 that's that'll do that's an 18 all right so so you're You've been watching this arm go up, down, up, down, and you're very clear on, you know, his sort of rhythm and pace. And as it starts to come up, you leap, grab the wrist, and, um, you know, you're, Terry's a strong guy, but you're a much bigger guy than he is. Um, You slap the knife away, and for a moment, you actually feel his hand almost like throw it with it. and then feel something else sort of pulling against it in what seems like the wrong direction. But uh, the knife clatters away uh, quite successfully. All right. Yeah, so I will do my best to, to... Did you say I grabbed his wrist, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'll do my best just to kind of hold that wrist, you know, until maybe if someone could get up and assist as well. But Okay. All right, Agnes, you're up. You're doing very well. You guys are close here. So my strength is shit, so me trying to help you that way would be counterproductive. I think I am going to go try to run back in to get a bucket of, like, or a cup of water or something, a glass of water, a pitcher of water, if there is one. Uh, Okay. I can do that. Sure. Um, So I don't... I don't know that that applies to any of the skills here necessarily, but... Um, but what you can do is, um, we can say that when you get back with that, uh, that will give somebody advantage on, uh, their check after, um, you know, if they can follow up to, to you dousing him, um, with something relevant that follows up. Is this, is this bar set up like an escape room where she would have to investigate for (laughs) a pitcher of water? Uh, well, the water's there. The water there is no good, but she could easily find a pitcher of beer. 
Um, so actually, you whip around and you see that somebody has actually brought uh, brought a player <laughs> out with them. Um, it has a private <laughs> right? <laughs> because you know somebody's in the bar drinking all the unattended drinks. Yes, okay. the bar t- bartender's not losing business on this. He's 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 taking it mobile. Right. <laughs> um, and so you just sort of grab it out of his hand, um, and uh, and yeah, so. Uh, you know what, go ahead and give me a, uh, a an attack roll to see if you can sort of peg peg Terry with this beer glass that you've just swiped. <laughs> Three. Three? Yeah. So the so you, you grab the glass and it just it goes sailing by. Um, you'd like to think it's because this big guy just sort of jumped in the way and grabbed his wrist. Um, you tell yourself it would have hit otherwise. Um, <laughs> it lands about three feet short and shatters on the ground. I'm having a really good time with my throwing of objects. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ignacia, you're up. Um, would I be able to use spells right now, or you is could. it mainly just skill checks? Okay. Yeah. So if it's uh, if it's relevant in here, you can use it. Um, Technically, in skill checks, no, but this is sort of a hybrid-y kind of thing. Okay. Um, as soon as I see Agnes sort of turn around and chuck the beer, so she's always not looking at her, mm-hmm. uh, Agnes, uh, Ignacy is going to close her eyes and inhale, think about things for a moment, and then uh, cast uh, Detect Evil. Mm-hmm. And just, um, you know, focus on that for a moment. Okay. What could be around? Cool. So, so you cast detect evil um, ahead of you at the end of the alleyway. You sense one uh, tremendously evil presence um, behind you in the crowd. You sense some sort of like vague, they're shitty people kind of evil presence. <laughs> um, <laughs> But those, those are my friends you're talking about. <laughs> that's not a that's not a slight against Bostonians. <laughs> not not all of them. Uh, there's you know there's there's a few people in the crowd who are you know real bad people, but uh, but nothing like what you sense down at the end of the uh, the other side of the alleyway where uh, Terry is. Yeah, very very powerful evil presence um, that goes beyond mortal human evil. All right, so we are back to the top of the lineup, uh, and I'll just let you know you are one success away from uh, from winning this this challenge here. Uh, real, real quick, the the detective that just happened. Is there anything that because all, all Sawyer has been doing has been trying to see who's acting differently? Yeah, in case there's a you know. Uh, I don't know something going on here, but sure. uh, w- would that detect evil have anything, any impact on Sawyer's next action? Um, you definitely know that Ignacia is doing something magical, um, especially because you're sort of primed for it from your history, um, and uh, I think she would need to uh, communicate after casting the spell. So. Right, right. So when I see her doing something strange, I'm going to do this. So Sawyer, or sorry, James just knocked the knife out of his hand. Yep. And 
in, in his continued effort to not have to draw his pistols, <laughs> Sawyer just asked James, or just sort of did that thing with James. Now he, he looks at Ignacia and he says, Ignacia, I'm going to need a reason not to put him down. I can't give you one, other than he's possessed. Guns are out before the sentence is finished. <laughs> and James is like, whoa, 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 hold on. I've got, I've got him. You know, I've got his wrist. I'm holding his wrist. I have him restrained a little bit. And I'm like, like, like there's, there's no need for putting him down. So at those words, uh, Sawyer just is trained, has trained both pistols on him. But I'm, is it, can on, you? On Terry. On, on Terry, yes, not on James. Okay. What do you, <laughs> no one tells me not to shoot. <laughs> 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 uh, gosh, I can't. Th- I can't think of a skill that I would use here. Could could I? Oh, oh, I know. Could I use a skill to give to give James sort of an advantage on his next role by telling him a better way to fight this guy? Because <laughs> yeah. James doesn't seem like a person that wants to fight. But I've been in a few scraps, and uh, yeah. Um, so you can. On any one of these, you can forego your action to give the person advantage on the next one. Um, if they succeed, they succeed. If they fail, it counts as two failures. Okay, gotcha. So what, what I'll do is I, I'm going to just say, say, if you don't want me to shoot your friend, then you might want to do something about his glass jaw. Giving you the, the sign that maybe that would be uh, uh, the best place to punch him based on how I have perceived him. All right, so I imagine that Terry's pulling against me, trying to get away. Right? Yep. He's definitely not calming down. Um, I mean, I guess I can, I can try to spin him around, and well, I don't, I don't want to lose my grip. Um, maybe I can try to choke him out somehow. Okay. You know, with um, with, with my left arm, bring it up around around his throat, and try to choke him out. Sure. So we'll just treat that as a standard attack. Okay. And so since you haven't see. grappled, that would include your. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll treat this basically like a like a standard attack. So if you succeed okay. on the attack, he's successfully grappled. Okay. So I still just roll a d twenty. Yep. Okay. Ah, fuck. That's a one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Does so, he have advantage though? Yeah, you do have advantage. Okay, so I get a roll again? You do. All right. That's an eight. Plus? Uh, plus my, what, strength, maybe? Uh, so your attack bonus would be you're proficient with unarmed combat, so that's plus two. Um, and then also your strength bonus, but ten is what you're looking for, so you got it. Okay. All right, so, so you... You spin him around um, and grab him by the throat. You put your arm across his throat, and he fights against it. But um, pretty quickly, uh, you're a big guy. He goes, he goes down. And as that sort of passing out breath leaves his body, uh, the four of you see something strange. Um, you see what appears to be someone else's body shooting out of his up towards the sky and then dissipating almost immediately. Um, it's a blink and you miss it kind of thing. And, um, but it's, uh, 
it's the body of a man who's 5'10", so about Terry's height, but uh, dark hair, glasses, and uh, a dark cloak. But that's all you're really able to tell because it's so quick. Yeah, I think James is uh, just barely caught that. As he, I mean, he's uh, trying to trying to ease Terry down. I don't want to just drop and you know mm-hmm. risk hitting his head too hard or anything. Because just based off his actions, um, I mean, he's definitely he's definitely killed this woman. James realizes that, uh, but there's just yeah. something very unTerry like about it. So it's not like I've just given up friendship on him at the at the moment because it seems like something else was going on. Sure. All right, so the, uh, you have succeeded as a group. Way to go. Your first Woo. encounter. Wow. Yeah, uh, and handily at that. Um, I don't so like good. that we didn't roll well on combat-y things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so so he's down, and uh, what what's your next move? Red Death is Morgan Nuncio as Ignacia, Cleo Yunsu Davis as Agnes, Tim Devine as Finn Sawyer, Kent Blue as James, and Doug Lewandowski as our Game Master. Road to Play Podcast is edited, produced, and hosted by Kent 